When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thank you for joining us on the tripe supper as I nearly knocked the table over and knocked the tea flying. That would have been a good solid start. Um, we're back to full strength after Phil was off last week, so apologies for not, for not doing a podcast then. Um, plenty to look forward to ahead of the game at Preston on Tuesday night uh, and then obviously the return of Tony Mowbray's Blackburn on Saturday. Um, we're starting by just looking at the picture at the top of the championship. Six of the top seven teams won at the weekend and the other team, uh, Sheffield United, very nearly won before Rotherham pegged them back in the last minute. Um, I know you get all this, it's not until Christmas you start to look at the league and blah, 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 but, but do we think the top end of the championship is starting to take shape a bit? I think anyone that's outside of, say, the top eight, who has ambitions to get in there, need to get a move on. Uh, I think this run between now and Christmas, we'll see it very much firm up. A lot of the teams play each other, there's derby games in there. Uh, I, I, it's hard to believe that all six or eight teams at the top can keep this pace up for so long because at the minute it is relentless uh, we've had a couple of weekends where Borough have fallen lucky with results and everyone's stumbled a bit and Borough have <coughs> managed to gain a little bit, bit, bit of uh, leeway a bit of breathing space but we've seen the slightest the slightest stumble even a draw and three or four teams are closing on you so this next run uh, we've got six games up to Christmas and then potentially 16 between now and the end of January that's going to be decisive Phil, I'm due to speak to um, a lad who covers Norwich this week, and I think the question to put to them is, Norwich are kind of the team that everyone thinks they'll fall away, they'll fall away, they'll fall away, but will they? Because every single season, you know, if you look back at Huddersfield, um, probably yeah, Cardiff, po- probably Bournemouth, the year, yeah. Borough, yeah. Uh, the, the obviously year that they went up and Borough, Borough ended up losing in the playoffs. There's always a team in there that you don't expect to be there and you'll think they'll fall away, and then it gets to the point where... It's too late, it's March here, and you think Christ are going to stick around. Yeah, I mean, most of the teams managed to hold on until virtually the bitter end last season, didn't they? Although, you know, obviously, one or two missed out in the final analysis. I think I get so frustrated when I see Norwich up there because I, don't, I can't help thinking that Borough didn't give them a little helping hand that day we went there after the international break. Well, sorry, sorry to put it out, I wasn't at Norwich, but we were talking about them in the press, box, in the press room at Brentford, and um, a couple of the lads who cover Brentford, a couple of national lads from down there. I've seen Norwich a few times this, this season. They're all in agreement that they're not very good. Well, they weren't very good that day particularly, but Borough were just lackadaisical. They were too negative. They set up, kind of felt as though they'd set up just to, to, to kind of grind it out when Norwich went into the match really on the back of a bad run with a little bit of pressure on Fark. So I, I don't see them necessarily dropping away. I think what we'll probably see is maybe one team make, as you, as Vic said, somebody's going to probably make a break for it and, and they do need to get a move on. But I think there probably will be one team that emerges from further down and breaks in and there probably will be one or two teams that are currently in the top six which will probably just hit the buffers and drop like a stone. But, but, but within the group that's up there now, it's going to be, I think it's going to be nip and tuck all, all the way along. I mean, you're, so, you're seeing teams grind results out. You know, Leeds had that thrashing by West Brom and then bounced back with a 
by all accounts, not very impressive. It's important, that wasn't yeah, it, it wasn't an impressive performance as such, but it was a big win for them that one at the weekend. Likewise, Borough went down, to, you know, to, to to Brentford, and you know, a few people have maybe been a little bit negative about, you know, some of the performances of late, and you know who they're really beaten of late as well, and put in what is a classic, cliche-driven, the way when the promotion campaigns are built on. So. It's it is just going to be incredibly tight. I, I'd be very surprised if two teams do a do a Cardiff and Wolves. You know, I suppose you could say three teams did that last season with Fulham going on that incredible late spurge as well. But when it's so tight, even two draws constitutes a wobble. Mm. I mean, two draws is not a bad run in in this division, but that could suddenly see three or four teams overhauling you, and it gets to the point where if you're fifth or sixth and you're not far off the top. Even winning some weekends is not going to be enough to make up ground because there will be three teams above you who are going to win as well. So unless you stay right at the front of the pack, a wobble could suddenly see you get sucked right down. Mm. We were talking about there about teams coming, coming from deep, making a late charge for it. Not a late charge, we're not halfway through the season yet. But are there any teams who you look at now and think, yeah, they're a threat if they get their act together? I mean, the, the, the team that springs to mind is Stoke. But other than the squad on paper, I've seen nothing to suggest that they're capable of stringing six or seven wins together. Yeah. The likes of Blackburn and Swansea have shown that they can beat anyone, but you wonder about consistency. Um, and the problem you've got, we were talking about this at the weekend, Vic, is, is, is the likes of Stoke, I think 14th, 13th. The longer the season goes on, it's not just the points. It's the teams in between you and where you want to be, isn't it? You're relying on four or five other results. So, so although we're talking about teams from deep, I don't know if there's any standout sides at the minute who you look at and think they're, they're, they're a fear. No, I mean... I, I, Forest, Forest are seventh, and they're, I mean, they're on a cracking run. There, yeah, I mean, obviously Villa won big at, at the weekend. Villa, yeah. Um, they'd be probably the obvious candidates to have the capability... Uh, and Black maybe, squad. Yeah, and, 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 and to do something in January as well. I mean, that's going to be important for certain teams that they can, you know if they're missing one certain player as Birbara would claim they're missing one certain type of player that that could be a big month but um it's it's so many teams of a likeness isn't it? I mean and the thing is as well you we're now in an era of one you know one manager one season scenarios where you'd have to think that any manager of most of those clubs in the top half of the table they don't at least finish in the top six. They probably won't be the you know in the hot seat this time next season. So, I, I, I don't I don't I mean I think it is again using the cliches. I think it's just too close to call. Yeah, Villa are an interesting one. I forgot about them when I mentioned them there, and they've they've shown signs, haven't they? Under Smith, the win at Derby was impressive, and then obviously I mean, nobody's that... looking at the table as you know. No, no, no obviously no, no, not. Not till Christmas. Not till Christmas. Uh, Back to home, obviously, Borough are ticking along quite nicely. Two wins, the win over Brentford on Saturday, as you said, was one of those where you just can't help but think, well, that's what promotion campaigns are built on, that sort of win. Um, and Jordan Hugo scored again. He'll obviously go back to Preston on Tuesday night, and he'll surely start, will he? I mean, he didn't start in the Cup game, but... Yeah, I, I would have thought... I mean, well, he didn't play in the Cup game because at the time he was, he was quite short of, of match fitness. We actually thought that was the reason he would play. Because at that point he was desperate for minutes on the pitch. Uh, since then he's kind of established himself as the first choice frontman, as we expected when he arrived. You know, we, we said at, at the time that he was the one that ticked most boxes for Tony Pulis. He can play with his ball, the, the back to the, the goal. He can hold it up. He's a real handful around the box. Uh, he makes powerful runs. Defenders know they've been in a game. 
and we always expected him to be the first choice. I think he's there now. Uh, he's he's got rid of the ring rust. He's got sharp over the last couple of weeks. He's even before he scored the goals against Wigan. The couple of games before that, he looked stronger, quicker, more alert, more of a handful. And the, the manager slapped him down once or twice about his tendency to to fall over. Uh, he's taken that on board and. Three goals in two games is not a bad return. He'll be desperate to keep that up. He'll be desperate to play at Preston. And I think, given the fact they've just had a two-week break, uh, the international break, there's no reason why he can't play a third game on the spin. Uh, he looks hungry. Let's go for it. Let's unleash him. Well, what's British on Maloga thinking? I'm at the wrong club. Or oh, playing for the wrong manager. I mean, it's been pretty obvious since... More or less the time Tony Pulis walked through the door that Brick wasn't his kind of player. Um, you know, and, and, and that, that happens with managers, doesn't it? You know, you, his goal-scoring record's there for all to see. Um, but you, you just feel as though if he doesn't score in a game, he's going to be called out by the manager for missing a particular chance. You know, you could call out any player for missing a chance. I keep saying this every time we talk about it. Strikers miss chances. Good strikers miss chances. Um... I just think it's it's a personality thing, not 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 his personality such, but it's the way he plays, the, the what he brings to the team. It clearly isn't really what Tony Pulis is looking for in a, in, a, in a striker. So the difficulty is, of course, is how you manage that situation. You've got you've got your record signing, who's as things stand second choice behind Jordan Hugel, who's who's taken his chance. You've got Rudy just dead knocking on the door, wanting to be involved, who seems in some respects more of a Pulis player as well. Um, but you're not gonna. You're certainly not gonna get your money back on him as things stand. You know, would you loan him out? Where would you loan him? Would that you know? You don't want to leave yourself short. So, it's a difficult job for Tony Pulis. He's got to try and keep Sombolonga motivated in the event of an injury or suspension to one of your first choice strikers, and and then it's up to Sombolonga when he gets back, if and when he gets back in the team to take his chance. But. He isn't gonna. He isn't gonna play any differently than he has done in the time he's been at Bury because he's that sort of player. He, when he's scoring goals, he looks great, and when he's not, he doesn't really catch the eye, does he? So I asked Pulis last week at the press conference on Friday how how he goes about keeping players happy who aren't playing, uh, and the reason being there's there's several kind of high profile absentees at the minute. The likes of Asombolonga, George Savalu to spent a lot of money on, or the Jew to spend a lot of money on. Paddy, Paddy McNair, yeah. five million pounds, or, or or in that region when he arrived in the summer. So it's not necessarily just players who he's inherited, who like last season where you look at and think, well, they're not, you know, that's they're not pure. This is back. He's he's got a bench of players who you probably expected a little bit more from. Yeah, I think the one, if you're if you are one of those players that's in that little category, I think the one thing that will encourage you is the knowledge that if you if you do go into the team, you get your chance and you take it, the manager will stick with you. I'm, I'm, Danny Bart there is, yeah. is the example, isn't it? Is that he's come in, an unknown quantity in a lot of ways. He'd had to be patient. He'd been on the bench eight times. We'd seen him for like five minutes. He played a cup game. And suddenly, he's in. He takes his chance. And he looks like now the first choice centre-back. And you wonder where... Danny Ayala fits in and will he have to wait for his chance so I think those people can look at the situation and trust the manager that if they get the chance and they take it that they will be able to get a run of games I think the thing is I just don't see where I totally take Vic's point I don't see where 
George Savile fits in at the moment. And I'd probably say a similar thing about Paddy McNair. I think McNair's unlucky that he's a versatile player that can play right wing, back or play in midfield. I mean, we all talked about him in the summer, didn't we, when he signed with Burroughs, that he was that box-to-box midfielder, the, the one midfielder who would take with the ball with an eye for goal, with an eye for goal who doesn't mind having his shot. And ironically, that he just hasn't got anywhere near that position so far. He's been tending to be used. And he's also lost out by the change in shape. Because yeah. if they'd st- stuck with wing-backs... The, in, the injury to Ryan Shotton may have been his moment of opportunity. Yeah, and I think I think I think the thing with Savage. Yeah, McNair, you. Sorry, I think the thing with Savage. I don't know where where he fits in. Is he a wide player? Is he a central player? Does he play just off the striker? I mean, I don't know enough about his game at Millwall to and how they played with him to say that well, there's a there's an obvious vacancy within the Borough team. But looking at it from what we've seen so far, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, he, it, and the good thing is you've got a winning team with what you'd regard as decent players struggling to get into it. So it's not a problem in that respect. You know, Borough Bur- Bur- are mid-table and struggling to accommodate expensive signings. They're second in the table and they've just won away at Brentford, which is, which is a great result any season. And, and talking about players fitting in, Martin Braithwaite was missing against Brentford. Now, he was missing against Sheffield Wednesday after the last international break too. Um, it was interesting that Pulis basically said that he made his mind up because on Friday he was talking about studying his stats, looking at his numbers um, but really it didn't come down to that because he revealed that he'd made his mind up earlier in the week when he decided he was going to play Tavernier. Um, what happens with Braithwaite? Because he's saying that he's committed until the summer and, he, and, and, and you know in January it's not going to be a repeat of what happened in, in August um, but is this current situation benefiting anyone? No, clearly not. No, I don't think so. I mean, the one the one thing you could say is, and I'm not quite sure I buy the fact that you need to rest players after an international break. Um, I don't think some of England's best <coughs> players would necessarily have not been featured over the weekend. Um, I think it's possibly a little bit of a convenient excuse. I do. I, I do agree, though, that his point about someone like Bessage looking tired, ironically, in the Norwich game that we spoke about earlier, is was was obvious for all to see. He did look jaded. He didn't have much of an impact. And I think the manager admitted he made his mistake. I mean, the one the counter argument is you say Martin Braithwaite scored a worldie less than a week, just sorry, just over a week ago um, against Wales. Do you not tap into that and put your arm around and say, "I just saw what you did," the, you know, when you were away. I want to, I want to see some of that. I think you can do it for me. So, you know, did, did he say in his post-match interview that he hadn't really spoken to Martin since he'd been back as well? He said that before the game on Friday. He said yeah. I hadn't had a chance to speak to him yet. Yeah. I think, I think, he said I think Braith the popped well. his head in. It might, been, yeah, it might have been the tease interview, one of them anyway. Um, so, I think it's a bit of an imponderable. It is like, I think it's a bit, I think it's a little similar to Sombolonga. The only difference being, I think, Bur would probably be open to a loan move if one came up, which I'm not sure there would be with a Sombolonga. I don't know what you think, me. Well, I think it's a really interesting situation. Uh, clearly, in the summer, Braithwaite thought his best chance of playing at a top-level league was the move to Spain. Uh, he probably thought that Borough would be thrashing around in mid-table, maybe another playoff push. Suddenly, it looks like his best route to the, to the top-level league might be sticking with Borough. Uh, come January, when the window opens, Borough could be in, a, in the box seat for the Premier League. So that might sharpen his mind and that might further muddy the waters. As it stands now, I think if they have an approach from a team that are going to come somewhere near the money that Borough would want, I think it will, it will provoke a decision from Borough because 
the manager will want to invest in those areas. We know that's one of the problem positions, don't we? Yeah. There's no question about it's that. The problem position. The, the manager would want to replace someone, an attacking attacking player in that role. In which case, you're looking at the situation that if they are successful in the window and they bring in a player they want there, then not only is he playing sporadically in the first team, he might he might join that group on the bench. In which case, you further erode his sharpness and you eat into his, his resale value in the summer. And there is if an argument... If Graithwaite went, you'd need to bring in two, wouldn't you? Attacking midfield. Well, players. you'd have to think... Because they're already short, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, th- I do think one... I mean, I, I, I think, like Vic was just saying, I think if they've got one bona fide playmaker, and if, and if that meant replacing Braithwaite with him, I think that would probably be an acceptable... I know what you're saying, you're probably already one shot now, and if he goes, you're two shot. But I, I don't think Braithwaite's contributing a great deal at the moment when he is playing. I was really pleased to see Tavernier get a run out. I thought it was a really bold decision by the manager. You know, you go somewhere like Brentford and you're prepared to back one of your young players. And we've been a little bit critical maybe in recent weeks of the manager not backing some of those players who were knocking on the door, haven't we? But I think that was a bold decision and I think, you know, the fact that he scored as well will do wonders for his self-belief and his confidence, which I don't think is probably lacking anyway. He's a really bright, sharp, confident young man. So um, I think the Braithwaite thing, we keep hoping for something from Braithwaite that we've never really seen, have we? Barring that very short period in August, where for a few games he looked the business, you know, I I never was blown away by him in his first spell at Borough before he went out on loan. I thought there were flashes. I've always had this question mark over why a player at that age, which was mid mid twenties, playing at that level, was still moving to a Championship club and not a Premier League club because he seems to be the sort of player a Premier League club would have normally taken a chance on. Uh, that sort of price tag wouldn't have put off many Premier League clubs. So I had a little bit of a question mark over almost, it's almost in sno- um, inverted snobbery. Why is he chosen us if he's as good as people say he is? Um, so, you know, it'd be a big gamble for Tony Pulis to say, no, I'm sticking with Martin Braithwaite for the rest of the season. He's my man and I'm sure he's going to come good. There's all sorts of factors that could confuse the issue. I mean, though. I mean as, <coughs> as the window approaches he may well start turning on the style again. Mm. Because the cynics would say that he was excellent in August, that, but that was when the transfer window was open. Mm. Uh, we might see a rerun of that, which again will raise another series of question marks. Is can you get the best out of him for, for the rest of the season? Well, we know that Borough can win without him because they've just done that. It's like the old thing that we thought, you know, we thought that Borough would never recover from that. There was an argument that Borough would never recover from losing the Dharma Triori because suddenly he'd become the player we couldn't play without. Um, but if you, if, you, if, you, if you want to be sort of a glass half empty kind of look he wasn't turning it on every week at the back end of last season and when push comes to shove not just because of him but Borough didn't get through the playoffs um, so while you know we all raved about Triori's blistering pace and when he did contribute he really did contribute um, but again it was a similar thing you know you felt, you felt with Triori that if he didn't perform, Borough didn't perform. I don't think that's the case now with Borough and Braithwaite. Uh, you know, Borough performed perfectly adequately without him at Brentford. Um, and I, I was a bit worried earlier in the season that that wouldn't be the case. The thing, you, you mentioned Tavernier there, and, and that's obviously, we discussed this, the, the problem he's got with, with Braithwaite is if, if, he, if, he, if he doesn't include him and he wants to keep the same system, Tav's probably your only option unless you think of Savile in a more advanced role 
Otherwise, you're looking at probably going back to wing-backs and playing Downing off Hugel with, with obviously your midfield three and, and George and, and Shotton or Fry as your, as your wing-backs. So that, that clearly plays into Tavernier's, um, you know, favours him because there's a, position, there's, a, there's a point there where he probably thinks, I've got a real chance. You know, if I, if I, if I, if I, another couple of eye catching performances, another couple of goals, and he does have an eye for goal. I think he's scored four goals now since the start of last season. And when you consider that he hasn't played all that much, that was his first yeah. league start in more than a year. That's a decent return. Yeah. Um, there's a real opportunity for him there. When you talk about Tavernier and Wing, whenever you mention him to Pulis, he always talks about this need to be playing games and the fact that they probably haven't played as as much as they have done, uh, as much as they should have done. If he gets one or two in in January. Um, and a loan bid comes in for Tav Wing. What? How, how do the club respond to that? Well, in my opinion, you you don't loan them. I, I, well, I mean, some people would say, I know how many times I want to use those players in the next five months. So, as far as I'm concerned, they can go out on loan. But looking at it from our point of view, I think Wing's got a role to play. I think he's he's proven that this season that he's he's <coughs> arguably Borough's best passing midfielder at the moment, and Tavernier has proved that. You know, he's worth his place in the team. You know, if you can go to Brentford and win with 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 Tavernier in the team, why 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 would you let them go? And other than the fact that you just think they're not going to kick a ball, so, <coughs> excuse me, I advocate the person, but I get the point that they need to play. I think Wings probably in a different position because <coughs> excuse you know, me, there there are a lot of central midfielders. You know, if Wing wasn't in the the equation, that doesn't really cause a problem. Tav is, as you said, is the only real option beyond Braithwaite. So in some ways, he's probably more important in terms of the structure of the squad. What, what I find interesting is that they actually look better together. When they came on against Crystal Palace, the pair of them transformed the game. To start against Palace. Well, well, they, they, play, they play together. <laughs> they, they, they know each other's runs. They complement each other. And they, they clearly bring the best out of each other. So there's a kind of argument that it's both or none of them in some ways. And it's interesting that Wing, having um, not been in the squad for, for four or five weeks before that Palace game, now appears to be the first part of call, or certainly one of the first part of calls from the bench. The bench he, yeah. he's, he's, he seems to be ahead of McNair, say, as a midfielder from the bench. He, he came on at Stoke. Um, after the Wigan game, Pulis said that, that he was desperate to get Wing on. <clears throat> And then obviously he came on in the, in the final stages at Brentford as well. So, so, so that Palace game, although Pulis was keen to play, play down, down yeah. the expectation and the impact afterwards, it's clearly got in the mind of the manager. Perhaps he must have done because there's not many players. He's got, he hasn't really got anybody else in the team who can hit them from that. Just in terms of a goal-scoring potential from distance, he looks an option, doesn't he? His, his, his range of passing and that sort of shooting ability marks him out from other players. I don't think, you know, you, you, you think... If I bring Saddle in, if I bring um, McNair in, do they give me the same kind of options? So we're all choked to death in here, aren't we? (coughs) Finally, before we wrap up, uh, we touched on it there, Danny Bart at centre-half, who's obviously um, kept hold of this place and rightly so since since he replaced Ayala, who was suspended. And and Ayala can't get back in, and that's something we never thought we'd, we'd be discussing, I wouldn't have thought at this stage, because Pulis has talked repeatedly about Ayala being one of the best defenders in the division. Um, how, how does he get back in? Is he, is he relying on an injury, a suspension? Well, as you were saying earlier, Vic, I mean, Bath is certainly probably one of the first names on the team sheet. I think, I think Burroughs' performance against Derby is probably really 
put five five at the back out of Pulis's mind to an extent. That was such a a, a one sided opening half hour, wasn't it? I wonder if that's pretty much done him as far as playing three central defenders. So you're down to two. You'd be very hard to push drop either of the two that are in there at the moment. So I don't see why you wouldn't just stick with the players in form. And and Shotton <coughs> due back in for Villa, does Fry stay? <coughs> Uh, that's a big question. Uh, I, I think, I think the manager will stick with what he's got. I think that's the way he, he's worked so far while he's been here. Obviously, the, if the opportunity arises, I think he'd like to play Shotton because he he knows Shotton, he trusts him, he ticks a lot of boxes, uh, and he, he was having a very impressive start to the season. But I, I think he will stick until. That there's a mistake or a bad display or he needs to change the shape excellent well, thank you Vic thanks Phil thanks very much for listening join us for all the Preston build up throughout the day on, on Seaside Live thank you